Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica and with me today again this week is my lovely, hilarious, amazing, glorious, beautiful, ridiculously charming, amazing co-host, Amanda. (laughs) I really like that you were just at a loss of words there. I am. It's like... Your glory can't be put into words properly. Oh my goodness, (laughs) you are actually making me blush. I can feel my cheeks getting redder. (laughs) And mission accomplished. (laughs) Thank you so much for that stupendous introduction. See, you're the writer. I don't have those words. (laughs) But you had a lot of other ones. I do my best, but they're all the same. I feel like I'm very uncreative sometimes, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? All good in the hood. What have you been geeking out about this week? I was just thinking about that. I don't really recall what geeky things I did this week. I am very much on a cleaning roll. <laughs> so what I so what I do constantly at the moment moment is getting rid of shit. You can call that geeky maybe. But not 100% sure. I'll definitely call it geeky. I mean, I do Maria Maria Kondo my shit. So basically, that's pretty geeky, folding my shirts and stuff. Definitely. I just discovered like the putting your shirts in a drawer sideways. So you can just... Yeah. And it's super cool. I really like it. I wish I'd done it years ago. You can do it now. Like do what I, I did. Am. Get rid of 90% of your things and reorganize your drawers. I'm working on it. <laughs> you would be surprised how little space you need. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I like it. I did that with all my towels on the weekend. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's something I, we haven't even looked in our linen closet. Well, like I look in it and I am a little bit afraid of it. And then I close the door. Again. I understand you. It's yeah. the worst. I don't know why it always gets to be the worst, the linen closet, but. It was already bugging me, so I got rid of like almost everything in there. How many yes. towels do two people need? Not that right. many. <laughs> I feel you on that one. Yeah. What have you been up to? You have to lift our geekiness today because I. Well, failed. good thing I have been very multi geeky this week. Awesome. Tell us so, more. Okay. I have been totally obsessed with playing my Super Nintendo emulator. <laughs> uh, so I've played through like Super Mario 3 Ooh. and 1 and Super Mario World and I even played a little bit of Super Mario 2 but I realized how like I remembered how much I really didn't like it back then and it's hard to play on the controller that I have and I've played through Donkey Kong 1 and half of 2 and last night I discovered that 
the Scooby-Doo game is on the emulator, and that game was awesome. So I started playing that last night. Really? You've been very busy gaming. Yeah, just just playing some SNES. Um, I've also gotten back into Elder Scrolls Online. So you think like I have been playing a lot of SNES. I've also put at least 10 hours into Elder Scrolls Online. And the other night I started reading Robin Hobbs trilogy, The Soldier Son. <laughs> that face though, people, that face. <laughs> it's not so far. I'm only, I've only made it two chapters in because I keep falling asleep. So I don't, I'm not saying that that's like the re like, I don't know. It's too <laughs> early to tell. And obviously, I have very high standards over my Robin Hobb books. So we'll see. It's not quite what I expected so far, but it's early days. Like I say, we're only two, uh, two chapters in. <laughs> so ho hopefully my geekiness this week has made up for your Mary Condoness. Oh, yeah. I think you pulled us out of the dumpsters <laughs> <laughs> that I put us in. <laughs> awesome. I'm curious, though, what you're going to say about the book afterwards. I haven't started I am it. too. Is it fantasy? It is, yeah. Okay. And I had thought that it was in the same realm as Fits in the Fool, just like a different area. But so far, I'm not sure if it is because it seems really different. Okay. Time will tell. Time will tell. And you will tell us. I will. So what are we talking about this week? Well, we are a week late with this, but, you know, Endgame couldn't wait. Hashtag priorities. So this, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so this week is our Geek Girl in the News from April 2019. Woo! Woo! We've missed you. <laughs> yeah, my favorite episode. Um, I Hopefully you've, I don't know, some of these, a lot of these stories are still very relevant. It's going to be an awesome episode. That's what it's going to be, period. Yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to intro the first story here um, because it's quite relevant to my last weekend. Uh, the new Tomb Raider film starring Alicia Vikander, how, oh, this, the sequel, the second one, has recently announced that they have hired Amy Jump to write the script for the second one. So yay, female writers. Woo! And I say this is relevant because I actually just last weekend watched the, the first one, the first um, reboot of the Tomb Raider films. And it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. So that's good. Why did you expect it to be bad? Well, because reboots are always a bit like mm, hit or miss. And I hadn't really heard anything good about it. But people still watch Terminator after ages and ages and ages and ages. I know, but this is just like another retelling of like Angelina Jolie's Tomb Raider. I saw the story is the same. It's, no, it's a different story, but it's still like a Lara, a Lara Croft origin story. Okay. Okay. I see where you're getting at. But it was, it was actually quite enjoyable. And I'm obviously a huge fan of, of Tomb Raider and Lara Croft. So yeah, I didn't go in with high expectations and I came out and I really like it. It was an enjoyable film. <laughs> So I'm excited for for the next one to see what Jamie Jump is going to be doing for it. Especially since, I mean, as we all know, I have never played a Tomb Raider game, which again, I'm sorry. But Amy Jump apparently also wrote for other movies that our MVP Brie Larson has been starring in. How cool yeah. is that? Very cool. 
Um, and I do want to point out as well, just because everything is full circle in the geek girl world, that the first Tomb Raider movie was written by Geneva Robertson Dwarrett, who wrote Captain Marvel, or who was on the writing theme for Captain Marvel. Are you serious? Yep. Siri just started to talk <laughs> Siri to me again. With us. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Either it means that it's a very small world for female writers in Hollywood, which probably it also is, but it's also pretty cool somehow. Yeah, it's. I think it's both of those things. Like, it's really cool that that we're seeing these these names come up again and again. Mm -hmm. But it's also, as we did talk about in our Captain Marvel episode, like the pool for female action writers specifically is quite small. Mm. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited actually, um, because the obviously the first Tomb Raider was written by Robertson Dwart and. It was, like I say, it was a lot better than I was expecting. And that was before I knew that I uh, had a female writer on the team. And now that I know that there's a female writer and a pretty rad actress playing Lara Croft, I'm I'm getting my hopes up here for the second one, I have to say. <laughs> Let's just hope that it's not going to disappoint you. Yeah, I hope not. But it's probably not going to come out until 2020. So there's a lot of time to have my hopes brought up and then brought back down and brought up and down by the way on a side note it's also news newsworthy but not an actual article but they announced a new fantastic beasts movie when it's going to be in the cinemas in the movies oh yeah well the excitement is low considering you didn't like the second one as much <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Who am I? Who is this Harry exactly. Potter fanatic Who are you sitting even? over here? Like, at least I would have thought you would be more enthusiastic considering it's a Wizarding World franchise, even though you didn't like the second one, but it was like all down the dumpsters. Yeah, I have to say it hasn't made me super excited. It was just <laughs> one of those things that I saw the announcement and was like, oh yeah, that's a thing that's happening. I, I don't know. I feel we should all take a minute now of silence for Amanda's. I don't know. I can't even. I don't even know what to say to this. Damn you, Johnny Depp, ruining it for us. <laughs> I don't even know if it was just the Johnny Depp thing. Like, the film just didn't do it for me. I don't know I've... if I can talk to you anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk to myself. How do you think it feels to be me right now? That must be really, like... I can't even. Yeah. I even okay. allowed to own all the Harry Potter books now. I don't know. Let me go and burn my collection. No, don't burn books. Who burns books burns people. So we're not burning books, especially not Harry Potter ones. But it's okay. a very sad, sad moment. It is. Anyway, let's hop over to something more delightful for you. But I honestly don't know if our next article is more delightful. <laughs> No, our, our next article is a wee bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> our next article was uh, submitted by Frasley from the podcast Be Great Today and Frazzlecast. <laughs> so I know that probably every single person listening to this podcast has seen an image floating around the internet from earlier in April about the amazing, awesome, overblown black hole picture that we have finally found. Or the Eye of Sauron. Sauron? Yeah, when you really zoom in on it, it totally looks like yeah. the Eye of Sauron, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the amazing woman who was behind all this, besides many other people, obviously. 
yeah, obviously it, it took a huge team of people from around the world and um, but it was one scientist in particular. She led one of the four teams. So she was one of the lead scientists who turned the data from all around the world on all the different hard drives into a picture. And it was actually her picture of her absolute and utter glee and excitement that broke the internet. Also, and her story about this entire thing was also amazing because she basically decided to render a picture of a black hole when she was what in high school and really young so she really went for her dream and for her goal it made it happen yeah so we're talking about none other than katie bowman who you probably know the name because not only is her picture just the most adorable thing in the world there was also a lot of backlash about her being the face behind this amazing scientific thing which again shows us how dark the world sometimes can be and how ruthless the brainless trolls on the internet are when they feel safe in their own home behind their keyboard yeah because just as it happened to a lot of women in leading positions or in leading roles the shitstorm didn't take long to rise it sure didn't so let's talk about the kind of weird things i guess before we talk about the utter vitriol and hatred that came from this so there was multiple twitter accounts created pretending to be katie bowman now katie doesn't actually have a twitter she's only on facebook and this is something that like happens you know you only hang out in one place not like you caring <laughs> and so like on the one hand yes it's a wee bit flattering that there's all these twitter accounts made however they're all impersonating her like taking credit for something that they didn't do and like it's really weird isn't it i generally think it's weird if you impersonate other people on social media 100 i mean some people because it happened to a client of mine, it happens to her often right now, actually, which is really interesting. But they tried to use her for her pretty face for Bitcoin trading. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but that's different because that's basically spam, right? Spam and bots mm -hmm. and shit. But if you try to get the fame of someone else, that's pretty weird as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really weird. And there's been multiple like fan accounts and fan pages set up on Facebook. And like, there's so much good that's come out of this, but there's almost also so much weirdness. And yes, I, I was very active in reporting all those false Katie Bowman Twitter profiles. <laughs> I was like, nope, not her. Nope, not her. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. So basically what they are what the, her haters are saying is that she actually doesn't deserve the fame somehow, that she didn't do the work, that all the other people did the work, but she, not her. Yeah, basically, like they're saying, all these trolls and men, mostly men, are saying that, you know, it, it wasn't her that wrote any of this code. She's taking credit for the code that was written by a man. Um, her Wikipedia profile was marked for deletion. And yeah, just that it was a man who <laughs> wrote the code. And the the man, like in question, he he stood up and he said, like, no, it was mostly it was like Katie's code that led to us finding this. But it still continued because people are sometimes really big idiots. Mm -hmm. 
the biggest idiots. You also gathered a Twitter feed of all the grossness that's going on. And it's pretty sad to see the the sick, the, how people can be bothered so much by a woman taking credit for something. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever gave a shit if men take credit for the work of other people. But this time, it's not as if she didn't deserve it, as if she didn't do anything to deserve it, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Even if we take it in business terms, like how many CEOs and how many managers of companies actually did the thing that all the employees did. And that's not me saying that she didn't do the work. But what I'm saying is as a team, the leader takes the team credit for it. That's the head of the team. And it doesn't matter how much involvement there was. That's just sometimes normal standard. And it's not even the case that this played all of the people involved in this. So it was not that she alone got all the credit and nobody else did. And it was ignored that there were so many people working on that thing. But it was she was the leading scientist in that. And obviously her face was on everything because also that image was the best thing ever. That was a moment of a dream come true that was captured on an image. And people are shitting on that parade, which is so pathetic. They actually made a false Instagram account for the other scientist as well. His name was Andrew Chael. And they're saying like that he wrote 850,000 of the 900,000 lines of code. And then the fake Katie Bowman account is commenting like, or Andrew wrote the Python algorithm that manipulates the data to produce the images. In other words, he wrote the code and helped me to produce the first ever black hole image. And then somebody replied to that and said, and you still friends, friend zoned him, which like, you know, my, my feelings about friend zoning. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> and somebody else is like, you and your team deserve way more credit than you're getting. Somebody else, the credit must go to him then. And then somebody actually applauding her for being her in in quotation marks, because obviously it's a fake account, but somebody else saying, you're an inspiration for female computer scientists and developers. Thank you. What the fuck is wrong with people? I don't know. I just don't know. But what we're trying to say is with that, bringing that to everyone's attention again, first of all, don't be an asshole. That's like number one on top of our list, but also... I feel it's a big testament again, or it displays perfectly again, how much women have to fight in their life sometimes to get the credit that they deserve. Because nobody would have even cared if if she were a guy. Like, that would have, exactly. wouldn't have been that big of a shitstorm, I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly convinced. I mean, yeah, probably that would have been like, yeah, but I'm sure you had a team, blah, blah, blah. But nobody would have questioned the knowledge and the skill of that man whereas everyone questions if she deserves the fame and if she really did the work or because she can't have done that and that's just one of many one of many times in in life where women have to justify themselves and their skills Mm -hmm. as we always say and really like when we get one of those recorders we can just press the button that's going to say recognized for work not for gender <laughs> you mean we get this audio file that we take with us beep yeah and just like press the button soundboard whatever soundboard yeah. that's the name maybe that should be our first patreon goal <laughs> soundboard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would love that that would be awesome yeah. 
It'll be awesome, right? Cool. So people acknowledge women's achievements. That's what we're saying. Yeah, don't question them. Celebrate them. Celebrate them. And basically celebrate collaboration. Teamwork makes the dream work. Cool. Moving on. To another article submitted by Frasley. Frasley's been on the roll recently. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Frasley. So this one's a weird one about Blizzard. The Blizzard Entertainment, the company behind games such as World of Warcraft and Overwatch. Don't know you if may you've heard. heard. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Blizzard are bribing, I guess is probably the right word, their female employees to track their sex, pregnancy, and moods with an app. And they're bribing them by giving them bonuses financial incentives maybe we need to call it incentivize because yeah, okay. bribing is a rough word yeah i guess it's very catchy at least but like it's very strange isn't it oh yeah it's definitely strange i'm not trying to make that into a positive what's happening but i'm just trying to maybe not call it bribing because it's still incentivizing but that also it gets stiff it it's difficult in a work environment to even to incentivize, I feel. But let's get to the point, what's the, what we're even talking about. Yeah, so um, Blizzard are encouraging their female employees to install an app called Ovia, which tracks their reproductive activity. So when they have sex, how their pregnancy is doing, what their mood's like, and even what's their cervical fluid looking like, you know? All these things that, like, a lot of women, to be fair, a lot of women do track this stuff on on various apps. Um, just to keep, it's a normal thing to keep track of. And now that there's apps to do it, it makes life so much easier than keeping a written diary. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but sharing this information with your employer seems like it's overstepping a certain, you know, boundary. The thing is that they're not officially sharing it with Blizzard, but I feel Ovia is one of... Because there are a ton of apps out there who do who does that tracking, as you just mentioned. But apparently, Ovia has already been in the news if they're going to share that or not with employers. So mm. that's the main issue. And why would you incentivize your employers, employees, to track something with a specific app if you don't get benefit from them using that specific app? Because mm -hmm. otherwise, I would could just say... To be more healthy, you can track everything and you can do that in whatever app you want because, let's be honest, there are a shit ton of them out there. But instead they say, use Ovia, which is weird. And they bribe these employees with gift cards. Sorry, incentivize these employees <laughs> with gift cards. And I don't know, like it's a fine line for me. I'm kind of like, well, what gift cards are they? I mean, I'm tracking this anyways. What harm could it do to share this information with my employer? But then I'm like, why does my employer want to know what is going on? My question is, do they just say, here you get a cookie and you track and we don't care? You just have to let us know that you do it? Or does it mean you're getting the gift card here, you have a cookie and give us all your data about it? Because I mean, that doesn't mean that A includes B in general, but are they that open about it that they're saying, we want to have all the data? Or are they just trying to move you there and then get the data through the back door, basically? 
Yeah, Activision um, Blizzard Vice President of Global Benefits, Milt, Milt <laughs> Hazard, says that his employees are actually cool with it. And that at the bottom line, they're this initiative is out of genuine concern. He says, I want them to have a healthy baby because it's great for our business experience rather than having a baby who's in the neonatal ICU where she's not able to focus much on work. Which is the most ridiculous thing that one can say because no app can prevent the baby from going into the neonatal ICU or it being happy and healthier because the mother used an app. For sure. And there's also... Like, tracking pregnancy before, like, I don't know, if I were pregnant, I'm not pregnant, but if I were to get pregnant, obviously, like, I would tell my app before I would tell a lot of things, right? Your app will probably know before you. Exactly. The app would know. And, like, usually, I I don't know, I don't plan on getting pregnant, right? And I haven't been through a pregnancy and I haven't been through a pregnancy well-employed. But as far as I know, like, if you're pregnant, you normally wait until, like, the three-month mark to let your employer know. You know, just, I I think that's what it is. Maybe that's just traditional and that's not the truth. I, I have no idea. But I'm like, okay, so are they going to use this information and knowledge of their female staff getting pregnant and as a way of not having to hire female staff because they get pregnant and go off on maternity that's a whole different story basically also blizzard is an american company we're talking about maternity leaves of what two or three months tops weeks weeks so to what you said before generally the third the first trimester is the one where you're when your pregnancy is the most like most likely to end on its own, let's just call it that. So the the risk are really risks are really high around twelve to fourteen weeks that you will lose the baby. So that might be a reason for people to wait to at least until that three months mark. We, however, would need to inform our employer as soon as we know it. So as soon as you would uh, know that you're pregnant, you would need to tell your employer that you are that's but that's austrian law so i don't know how that rolls in the americas or in the uk but i think that's fairly different for every country and yes so many questions to this okay i'm actually reading a further article about this so blizzard are paying one dollar a day in gift cards to every employee using it so they're like say that's 30 days so 30 dollars a month in a gift card but then they need to have more information because how would they know if they're using the app or not unless they do get data you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah so they say that they access some of the data in an anonymized aggregated format including average time it took for employees to get pregnant percentage of high-risk pregnancies c-sections or premature births and how long it took new mothers to return to work what the fuck and apparently this is a way to help lower medical costs and increase productivity because this information could potentially be more likely to for, for women to help conceive without expensive infertility treatments that the company would have to pay for and less likely to require costly premature births or C-sections, which in the U.S. can run to in excess of a billion dollars. I am pretty much speechless right now what the fuck from a business and like health insurance point of view okay yes i can kind of see why you would want this information 
But at the same time, I am like, but also, what does that mean, right? Do they then what just, the yeah, it is more what the fuck than you. I don't think I can, no, I can't understand it because that means then what? That they only hire women who do, because even if they do enter the data, right? What do they do after they track data from a female employee for three months and then they notice that whatever she's entering in there is out of average for or would already indicate that she will have a whenever she gets pregnant because that doesn't mean that this woman could not get pregnant might not be pregnant for the next what two three four five years depending on how old she is and then what she, they already see that she's striving that she's off that average line and then they're going to fire her mm-hmm. or what what because how are they going to prevent that from happening because not always is infertility due to whatever natural cause some people just really have a hard time getting pregnant yeah and no amount of tracking is going to help that yeah so Ezard actually says and i don't know how exactly he's going to come to this figure but that for the ones the women that are tracking they're saving twelve hundred dollars per employee in annual medical costs i don't know man i'm just having trouble seeing the link between the two like how can you directly correlate that data i'm not a scientist but i just don't i mean if you add other things to it because yeah one could say that people who track their stats get more and more aware of things and that's why they take more interest in something and that's why they start to take more care of something so if someone starts to track all of that stuff and then maybe the app notifies that to prevent X, Y, and Z, you can do one, two, three, for example. That will, in general, then make them more aware and more conscious and more preventative somehow of things. Like with a with a step count, for example, those are already people already people already use that kind of stuff if they try and achieve something. Like, if you're not aware of your health and if you don't care about your health, then you wouldn't track your stats, I would assume. Sure, I totally agree with that. But then why does the company need to have access to that data? How how does it help? That's the question, isn't it? Yes, encourage your employees to track this, but why do you need to see it? That's never something I can argument for the positive. I don't know. I find it hardcore, but that's basically why all the... you stated it in our show notes that that's also something that Frasley was thinking about. That's why I personally do have issues in general with every kind of health tracking somehow because companies can and will use it against you at some point. Insurances can and probably will use it against you at some point that you have tracked all your steps for so long or that you haven't reached your step goal as you should to be healthy enough and then charge you higher rates for your health insurance etc i feel personally attacked right now monica no i'm not attacking the person (laughs) i do have my fitbit it's hanging on my cardboard there and it hasn't been on in months and months and months but I'm very often very torn about stuff like this because I'm so excited to be able to see things like this. But I'm also aware that it could potentially be problematic for me on the long run. Mm -hmm. And I do think that companies 
I mean, as we see right here in Blizzard, is not doesn't matter what they're going through at the moment with whatever shit is happening. But you wouldn't imagine it now that Blizzard was that kind of company where you would not be surprised that it's happening. Mm -hmm. So you would think that they're like a game development company and it's more modern and newer and like cutting edge technology. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think, listeners, actually? I would really like your opinion on this. Would you share your reproductive information with your employers? Let us know about that. Also, what I'm wondering is, are they not tracking guys? Obviously, they're not tracking guys, but bad sperm is a thing too. For sure. But I think that the only way to tell that is for them to give monthly samples. <laughs> Yeah, but or track their general, like how much cigarettes do they smoke a day? How much alcohol do they drink a day? How long do they ride their bike a day? That's all stuff that influences the sperm production and quality. How often do they sit on their bums doing nothing but whatever, you know? Yeah, for sure. That can create slow swimmers. You make a very good point, Monica. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know how I feel about this. And I also don't know how I feel about the fact that the app that I use actually to track my reproductive health had its data um, shared with Facebook earlier this year. Why does Facebook need to know about that? What? But that's that's a whole other story. And I'm like, maybe I'm switching apps. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's solving the problem. <laughs> oh, really? Did you know or did you just find out because you re just found out like right now? <laughs> Yeah, so maybe I am going back to tracking in a diary. <laughs> Jeez. Well, like, come on, Facebook. You, you know a lot about me. You don't need to know about that. Well, now they do. <laughs> Apparently. And also, I'm like, well, if you know this, why are you giving me pregnancy ads? <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. And uh, I think we're going to move on to some better news. We, we've dealt with the... Yeah. Um, the weird stuff and, and the kind of downers, but now it's all up from here. Yay. Yay. Pete from Project Phoenix Gaming shared with us the top 100 women, influential women working in the UK games industry. Yeah. Which is awesome. Who would have thought that there would be that many? Well, there's obviously, there's way more. Yeah. The list that was shared with us is basically, um, dated back to 2014 and since that time so five years almost um they already have covered like 500 emails and 450 women have been nominated um so basically that's a rising number which is pretty awesome in 2014 they th when they first ran this this survey there was a clear 100 women who came out on top but five years later when they're running the survey now there wasn't because they had so many emails and so many no nominations that there was over 300 of the nominations that were considered to be awesome enough to be in the top 100. So they actually had to get a judging panel to come out. Hell and yeah. Yeah. That's fucking rad. Like in five years, there has been such a jump in amazing influential women across game development. Like, yeah. I also find it great because it feel having a judging panel gives it importance, you know? So it's important enough for people to have a judging panel. I don't know. I feel it raises the bar again if you have a judging panel. It totally does. And they 
picked the judging panel from previous uh, games industry winners, um, both women and, and men. So they are like people who are top of their class anyways, um, already I should say, and they're passing it on to the next generation, I guess, of the list. I feel that's an amazing development in recognition, kind of to go back to what we said in the, like with uh, Katie Borman, said her name. Yeah. Yeah. Katie Bowman. Sorry. Um, that not enough people or not enough women are visible or seen. I feel by having that panel and by giving it more and more attention, that's basically what it is doing. Mm -hmm. So go you UK. Yeah. Whew. So we're not gonna go through um, these 100 women because that's a lot of women and we're actually running towards the end of this show but we will put this link in the show notes along with all the others and definitely 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 take some time to to scroll through and learn about some of the amazing and rad women in game development in the uk i agree i agree we need more of you yeah <laughs> definitely awesome so next up we're actually gonna skip over the pond to some american politics our awesome listener, Flame Flash, has shared with us an article about the newly elected mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, is the first black woman to be mayor of the city. But not only is she the first black woman, she is the first black woman and the first openly gay person to hold that post. That's pretty awesome. And the final two candidates... They were both two black women. So imagine a few years ago, that wouldn't have not been possible at all. And now to have two black women, like in the final round, and then also a black woman and a black uh, and an openly gay woman winning the mayor's post for Chicago, which is not a small city, I might add. That's pretty freaking amazing. For sure, especially because Chicago has a very large um, African-American population with 33% from, and that, that was from the 2010 census data, so that's probably gone up in the last nine years. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, a huge proportion of a population, you know, being, being Black, especially because it's quite a multicultural city. That's awesome. So good job, Chicago. I'm excited for the future of the states once we get certain people out of office i'm wondering if that's going to happen that quickly i fear but we will cross the bridge when we get there <laughs> indeed but thank you very much flame flash for sending us that awesome article because it's not every day that you get somebody awesome rad and endorsed by chance the rapper into office by whom chance god monica you don't know who chance is i'm sorry you're so out of touch i'm so out of touch but what amanda said our final article for the day. I think that's something that's really close to your heart, isn't it? This is the most endearing thing in the entire world. So submitted from Tom from 3 Extra Lives, and he did talk about this on his show, but we're talking about it here because this is very, very near and dear to my heart. We have talked before about the amazing Skyrim granny, Shirley Curry. She is getting her own NPC that's uh, like a non-playing, non-playable character in the next edition of Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Six. So there is the so excitement cool. that I wanted for the Fantastic Beasts. What, 
but now yeah you can't have both of two of those in one episode so give <laughs> let's give it a go for the elder scrolls franchise yeah so Shirley is, uh, she, there's so many videos about her. She's 82 years old and she's a grandmother and she started playing and streaming Skyrim um, to help keep her mind active and it's awesome, right? So she has gained quite a bit of fame. She goes to conventions. She's, yeah, she's pretty well known, right? And to be honored by getting a character in the next Elder Scrolls, I'm like, this is just amazing. This, I, I, it's awesome. I feel this also goes a bit hand in hand with our episode um, that we had with Soul because it's also age representation, right? So it's ageism to always assume that people above a certain age um, don't do games anymore or don't do certain things anymore, whereas that's not at all the case as Curry displays perfectly, I feel. So that's super exciting. And I feel also to have um, people above a certain age range in games as well is also a representation matter because, again, most of the time, all the game characters, they look like, what, 20, 25 max? I will say that that's something that Elder Scrolls franchise does well. They let you age your character in the character creation screen. So you can go from like in your early 20s, late teens up until like you can put all the wrinkles that you want on your face. Like you can age yourself your, or age, age your character. Um, it's something that they have always been very open with. That's and, awesome. Yeah, they're a brilliant franchise. That's awesome. I had no idea, yeah. but also I don't play that. But that yeah, So there's a lot of speculation about like what her role is going to be. But we're just going to have to... I, I know for for one I'm gonna be searching for when, when Elder Scrolls Six comes out. I'm excited. You have to we can talk about this again when it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it happens. When it happens, not if it happens, it will happen. It will happen. No, it's just it's funny because I actually wrote an article about um Elder Scrolls Six almost two years ago. Um and it's the game stolen it yet, so Oh man. Yeah. But that feels like final touches, doesn't it? Mm, no. Damn it. No. Damn it. But go you, Bethesda. Yeah, thanks, Bethesda, for being rad. And thank you, Shirley Curley, for being just the greatest. Awesome. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So that was it for this week, wasn't it? Yeah, that is all the news that we have for you this week. So as you know, Geek Herring is part of the awesome Dragon Powered Studio Network, which is a whole collaboration of really cool, geeky, and niche podcasts and we have recently launched a newsletter and would love if you signed up so you'll get uh frasley's little weekly inspiration and then all the episodes uh, from the dragon powered studio network sent right to your inbox every single week so you can sign up for that over at dragonpoweredstudio.com so thanks for tuning in this week and see you again next week and as always if you have any news stories to share with us You just throw them our way on social media. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studios. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.